Hello, welcome to Secure Talk, your trusted source of information on the latest threats, trends, tools, and technology related to cybersecurity and compliance. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Secure Talk. Secure Talk is brought to you by Adequest, your cybersecurity and compliance partner. My name is Mark Schreiner, and I'll be your host for this episode of Secure Talk. Today, we're going to be talking with Neil Madden, who is the security director at Forge Rock and is also the author of API Security in Action. And we're going to be talking about how that you can securely deploy APIs, different types of APIs that are available for uh, web applications, and you know how to choose what is the most appropriate API given your security constraints or objectives. So hey, Neil, how are you doing today? I'm good, thanks. Uh, thanks for having me on. Good, good. How are you? I'm good. This is, like I said, a, a bit of an experiment. Uh, this is only the second time we've done the video recording, so uh, who knows what could happen here. But uh, <laughs> where, are you, where are you calling in from? Uh, I'm based in um, a place called Stroud in, in the UK. It's part of the Cotswolds. So, uh, yeah, it's got a nice nice place, rolling hills and um, nice old buildings. Give, give me a, like a, an image. Okay, so like you've got London and then you've got Leeds up here. And then, you, yeah, I mean, we're... we're you... So it's kind of, we're kind of on the, the, the kind of edge where Wales meets England at the, oh, at the south okay. of Wales, basically kind of thing. So yeah, just on the border with Wales. So you probably get plenty of lovely, rainy, cloudy days and all that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, lots of, lots of rain here. Yeah, yeah. I'm from <laughs> Seattle, so I I felt quite at home when I was in in the UK. Um, well, hey Neil, you've got a very very interesting background. You actually have a PhD in in computer science. Yeah, that's right. So um, yeah, for um, I kind of went 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 to uni and got sucked into kind of staying on and, and doing a PhD. So I uh, yeah, ended up spending about nine years at university. Um, studying and eventually got a phd kind of in 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 um like a branch of artificial intelligence so this was all um it was like agent-based um computing okay so uh, yeah it was kind of kind of very different from what i ended up doing in the end moving into the kind of cyber security side of things but um but, but yeah, there's there is a, an interesting time there is a i mean obviously a, a an increasingly uh, increasingly large amount that's that's not the right word an increasing amount of ai being used in in security um and so I, I, does it any of that tie into what what you were studying <laughs> not, not really, necessarily <laughs> okay it's kind of kind of interesting it's like um because now we've had this kind of wave of machine learning that that's come in and has just kind of revolutionized everything in ai that came in kind of just it was just starting to come in just as i was finishing my phd mm. and it's kind of like i look back now and like that would have revolutionized everything i worked on in my phd Wow. as well but it was kind of like i i kind of missed that wave so i kind of <laughs> they say 90 percent is timing right yeah right exactly yeah and i uh, well yeah, it, i missed it, that in addition to your phd and to the to, to to the work you do um you've also written a book called api security in action why why would That's you right yeah. why would you write a book why would I write a book? That's a question I've asked myself a lot of times since uh, agreeing to write it. Um, so um, I, I always kind of thought in the back of my head, oh, it would be nice to write a book. And um, I'd had some ideas kicking around for a book I won't write. But I'd kind of put them on the back burner um, until and it was actually the publisher who approached me. So Manning Publications uh, approached me and said, you know, 
we've read some of your blog posts and seen some talks that I'd done that were on YouTube. And, you know, we, th we think you can write reasonably well, you know, would you be interested in, in, in thinking about writing a book? And so we kind of then ended up having a conversation about it, about, I wasn't sure what I, what exactly I was going to write about then. Uh, and, and through some kind of back and forth and, and conversations, we kind of hit on API security as being, as being the, the kind of topic that would that would best suit me for kind of write, writing a book um so um yeah so two years later it, it finally got out the door and uh, <laughs> that's a serious commitment very serious yeah. commitment yeah um yeah so you know i, I i'm going to be very honest with you um i haven't had the time to to read your book i've i've gone through it and what i realized after kind of browsing through is that we could probably have because typically these these sessions last for 30, 40 minutes, maybe a little bit longer, but we could probably spend hours and hours and hours because you've got so many different areas of, of, of both different types of APIs um, and, you know, how to use them in the most secure manner, et cetera. So, but today, today maybe we can kind of scratch the surface. Um, why don't you tell mm -hmm. us a little bit about, <clears throat> I think in your book, you have an analogy, uh, of, of, you know, in terms of what API security is, something about uh, taking your driving test. Could you tell us, yeah. a, 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 maybe we can start off with that to kind of set the stage and then kind of dip our toes a little deeper in the water. Yeah, so the, the, the taking the driving test was just a kind of, um, it, was, it was a nice kind of story and a kind of uh, easy way to, to to kind of introduce some of the topics of, of API security. So, you know, when you make a request to an API, there's a bunch of processes that, that have to be gone through like there's a kind of authentication step of working out who is making this request and then there's some kind of authorization can they do what they're supposed to do and there's, there's different types of authorization um you know like and so for the authentication you know you might you might go from just kind of knowing who somebody is from kind of past experiences through to kind of like positively looking for some kind of formal id and this was the idea of the driving test you know you don't just turn up to a driving test and they go oh you know hi neil um <laughs> right. you know you have to show show some kind of like documentation right and 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 it's usually in some some form of like photo id or whatever uh and then you've got you know different types of authorization and then um things like audit logging and things like that, which I, I got into, you know, of kind of all these different processes that have to be followed to, to make an API secure and just kind of trying to make that into a, into a nice analogy. I, um, I, I like it's it. Probably, it's probably the most controversial thing in the book. I'd say. <laughs> from, the, from the views we were writing the book, that, that story at the, at the front is the real, what we'd call a Marmite um, uh, moment here that you either, you either love it or hate it. You know? well, <laughs> it's I, like some people are like, Oh, I really, Really got that story. Well, it's funny because yeah. I, uh, my my second son just passed his driver's test, and um, it wasn't the first time he took it, and uh, he was kind of nervous because he's coming back from school break, and we we you know you got to sign up, and because of the COVID stuff, it's really it's it's more it's a more complicated process these days, right? And he showed up, and he was he's had been he was totally prepped, mm -hmm. and he was convinced that he was going to do it. And uh, he forgot his ID. <laughs> so <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned that because luckily for him, I was across the street and um, and uh, with <clears throat> uh, I had uh, my pack with me. And I don't know how it had happened, but I had his ID and the car registration, which you need both of them. Actually, you need to show the proof of ownership, proof of right. insurance and your. Um, so um, so for me, the analogy works. OK, <laughs> so I get it. Um, so so. You um you, you kind of go on from there and you, and you you talk about some of the different API styles um, and typical deployments. Why don't you talk a little bit about that? 
Yeah, so there, there are, um, <clears throat> when people talk about an API, you know, there's lots of different kind of meanings for what that word can mean, you know. Um, and, and this book is, is primarily about like remotely accessed API. So you can also have APIs that are just, you know, between applications on your computer or between, um, you know, an application in the operating system. Um, but, but in this book, we're talking about APIs that are exposed to the internet, which is what APIs kind of come to mean in, in a lot of kind of literature now. So it's things like REST APIs would be one style where you're using HTTP um, and you're using it in a kind of very, uh, the way HTTP is, you know, meant to be used, as they as they say. So you're using, you know, get request to read and post request to update and, th and things like that. Um, but there's there's lots of other styles of API that are that are more um, popular in different um, use cases. So it, so we used to do a lot of like SOAP and stuff, you know, um, using XML, and and that was kind of based on like re remote procedure calls or remote method calls, where you're kind of um, you're making what would be a, a procedure call locally in your language look the same, but it, but it's going out over the network. And then um, there's um, that's also now popular in kind of microservices. So Google have kind of revived this with their they have this gRPC, which is kind of um, I guess it stands for Google RPC. I'm trying to remember now, um, which is kind of very efficient kind of binary. Uh, API for kind of talking between you know back-end microservices where they're they're mostly in the same data center and you want it to be really efficient whereas rest is kind of highly uh, decoupled so that the client and server can kind of evolve independently um, uh, without too much impact on each other so there's these kind of different API styles and they they have a bit of an impact on how you kind of do the um, apply API security controls to these well, let me ask you, I mean, there are different API styles out there and there are different use cases and needs for them. How do you, in your position, keep abreast of terms of the latest API developments? Obviously, you can. your book is very much focused on security, but let's just say in general, in terms of understanding the different evolutions or iterations of, of API technology and what's going on, how do you keep abreast of that? Um, well, through a variety of things, really, I guess I um, I try and I think primarily the best thing for me is talking to colleagues um, at work. So I have, you know, regular interactions with lots of developers um, uh, at my job and they are themselves going out and uh, and keeping abreast of things. So quite often I, I, I pick up new ideas from them. Um, but also, you know, I have um, a bunch of kind of um, blogs that I follow and um, a couple of podcasts I listen to or um, say, used to listen to I think would be would be more accurate now I kind of between homeschooling and all the rest of it it's kind of oh you have you um, have uh, kids at home long, kids at home as well yeah I've got yeah. a I've got a daughter who's five and um, yeah well, so, so there's very 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 now, little very little schooling mostly just home <laughs> it's like yeah at that age yeah that's that's <laughs> Challenging. Yeah. I mean, the the, yeah. the, the ability to focus, um, I, I guess that's the, the challenge. I have three children myself, and, and when they're all home, and we, we actually homeschooled for a couple of years, uh, many years back, and, uh, and my, my, my wife did most of the, the work. So, but but it's, it's, it's a challenge, man. It's, it really is. Um, let's get back onto the API topic. Uh, you, you also mentioned the different elements of API security. What are the key, mm -hmm. key elements? 
so um there's a bunch of different things involved so there's kind of um you know, every API, you're putting your API out there for a reason. There's some kind of valuable data that you're trying to expose, usually in some way, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you, you've got to think about, you know, uh, the assets that you're kind of trying to trying to protect with your with your API security. So what what is the valuable thing that you, you want to protect uh, and what don't you want to expose? Um, and then you've got to think about, you know, the... Um, the what we call the you know the threat model of kind of you know who you're worried about you know what what could go wrong if somebody accessed the wrong data and things like that so there's kind of looking at that and then and then looking at um there's a whole bunch of then security mechanisms which is what the the bulk of the book is about is about how to actually um ensure that your your security goals which we you know talk about in terms of like the cia triad and things like that so confidentiality integrity availability and things like that how they can be achieved in the face of these threats that you're that you're worried about uh, and so you know looking at, at different aspects of security and how they can help you achieve those goals so i kind of um i kind of say api security is kind of an intersection of kind of um, like information security, so controlling access to data and uh, ensuring it's encrypted at rest and in transit and things like that. And then like network security and making sure you've got appropriate kind of rate limiting and kind of network level controls to prevent your API being um, flooded and overwhelmed. Um, and then kind of application security where where you're trying to, you know, um, make sure you're your API servers can't be brought down by some kind of logic error or, you know, um, bad implementation of cryptography or, or things like that. Great. Could you maybe give a couple concrete examples? I think you, you sort of did in terms of like the data that you're you're sending and in, in, in receiving, but some um, in terms of you know the the assets and then also the different threat models i mean what are you what are you seeing out there you know in terms of the more uh, prominent types of threats in the context of api security right so um i mean there's a bunch of different things i guess um so it, it really depends on the api and you know we do um i work with fordrock and we've got a lot of um customers who are kind of banking customers and they're um um there's there's regulations now that they have to expose apis to allow third-party developers to you know provide access to your bank transactions and things and even initiate payments and stuff like that so um so for them they have a very severe kind of threat model where they're worried about people stealing money and that and that kind of thing and um uh, and fraud and, and things like that. So they they have, um, you know, a very kind of lockdown threat model where they're worried about, um, you know, people with kind of maybe privileged access to networks and things like that. Um, and they want to kind of protect um, with a with a quite, you know, uh, much stronger kind of protections than we typically see in the past for, for a lot of um, uh, APIs. Um, and then you've got you've got other things like um, um, so one of the there's an interesting thing we get we get a lot at work is is a lot of um, customers who are worried about um, account enumeration so being able to kind of um, just work out which users have accounts mm-hmm. on the system which is kind of an interesting um, thing because um, for some people that is a really serious security issue whereas for other people that is a feature 
Um, you know, if you imagine if you're Facebook, mm. being able to find out if your friends have accounts on Facebook is like uh, one of their number one features, right? Right. Because <laughs> you're you're gonna you're again gonna join Facebook, whereas if you're you know um, a health insurance um, provider or something like that, then that's like a major privacy uh, violation. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I, just, I just never thought about that, but it's, wow, it's totally, yeah, it's very obvious. I mean, there are certain uh, domains where you don't want people to know that you're there, and there are certain domains where like, hey, yeah, I mean, you know, with Facebook, the example is they're serving up you, potential friends, and, you know, they would say, well, you guys are friends with this person, so you're probably friends with this person, and you could just never do that in, in you know, in the case of the healthcare provider or financial services or many other types of services out there. So, uh, yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah. Um, you, you know, I, I, I'm be honest with you. I, uh, I don't know that much about APIs. <laughs> you probably already tell that, but, uh, you, I, I you know, I, I'm familiar with rest soap. Um, you mentioned Natter. I, can you, can you just give a, a brief kind of like overview of those, um, different types of APIs and, and, and explain, um, what's good, what's bad, you know, what's ugly. <laughs> yeah. So I guess um, in the book, I, I kind of lean most towards kind of REST REST APIs. So REST stands for representational state transfer, right? And it's um, it's it, it was the kind of um, the architecture of how the web web works or how the web is supposed to work. Um, so it's kind of seen as a good architecture for APIs that are going to be exposed to the general internet, you know, over over the web. Um, and so it kind of has a lot of um, nice properties, but also a lot of confusing properties that a lot, a lot of people get wrong. So it's this this idea that um, uh, you know each request should be stateless, so you you don't have you don't have any kind of state on the server for kind of like the conversation that's going on between the client and the server. So every time the the client makes a request, it's like a brand new conversation starting every time. Sure. Um, so things like that can can be interesting. And then um, one of the things we, I talk about later in the chapter is um, is about um, so REST kind of um, wants things to be driven by hyperlinks. So rather than a client of the API just knowing that it goes to this particular URL to get the user's you know last login time or something like that, um, or to you know get their list of of email messages or whatever whatever it is that the api is serving up then instead of that you you the server would would return links and say you know here's the user that's just logged in here's a link here's a url that you can go to to get their current email messages and then you go and list that and then each one of those has links and says if you want to read the message you go here and so on and this is this is um you know a principle of rest api design that everything should be hyperlink driven which kind of distinguishes it from other API styles. Um, and that works quite nicely with some of the security topics that we're kind of introduced later in the book. Because um, I talk about in chapter nine, I talk about um, capabilities, capability security, um, which is where your access to something is, is not based on who you are. So you don't, you don't log in and get a session and then and then there's something doing checks saying, should you have access to this? It's instead it's based on like having lots of individual keys for things. Mm-hmm. So um, the analogy people use is it's a bit like your house, right? I mean, 
for me certainly my house is the most expensive thing i've ever bought and yet my house doesn't know who i am when i when i come in the front door it doesn't you know i have a key which gets me in in through that lock and i I have a different key for my front door compared to my back door compared to my shed uh so it means you know if i go away and i want to let my neighbor go into my shed i can give him just the key to the shed um it's not kind of i don't have to give him my id card and then he can get anywhere in the house so that's kind of capability security and it works really nicely with this kind of hypertext-driven API style because you can return these links which have kind of encoded into them individual keys, keys. to get into individual parts of the API. Um, and then that means you can share just individual links to get into bits. Um, so that's kind of interesting. So I, I kind of like the REST style for that. Um, are there any of, are there any yeah. times when you want to go with uh, another type of API? Yeah, I mean, certainly um, REST works really nicely when you've kind of you've got you've got like a publicly facing API with lots of different clients that you don't control because it's kind of um, because it's driven by these hyperlinks. They don't have to know a lot about each other, so it kind of um, allows you to evolve them independently. Um, but it can add a lot of overhead and it can be quite inefficient at times. So. Um, think certainly a lot for um, like back-end microservices then things like gRPC are more popular because they can be much lower overhead much faster and more efficient um, yeah rest API styles tend to use a lot of formats like JSON that are kind of based on text and uh, are quite you know sort of flabby on the wire as it right. you know they're quite quite a lot of overhead um, whereas whereas you can use these more efficient binary protocols and then in the last part of the book as well i talk about um, the internet of things iot um apis for devices and, and and there it things are often very different because you have um constrained devices that have limited kind of memory and processing power and bandwidth and battery power and things like that and so you have to use really compact messages with with kind of the least overhead possible so yeah so it's, it's um it, it, it's different depending on 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 the on the environment i think i think rest is is for me still the most general api style but um but certainly yeah there's there's places where i choose something else okay um you i mean you you you'd, like i said that your book you you cover a lot of ground um and one of the things i picked up was um uh, there was a section on authentication to to prevent spoofing, um, and in our business, I mean, you know, business email compromise is uh, is a, is a huge vector for attack, um, and did it, 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 you're you're probably talking about spoofing of, of the, an API signal, or are you just talking about sim, similar similar type spoofing? Yeah, so it's kind of spoofing. Um... In terms of yeah, somebody impersonating somebody else um, to get access to their stuff, um, usually. So um, there's there's various ways. You know, if somebody guesses your password or whatever, then you know they can they can log in as you and and, and um, pretend to be you. So yeah, so the, the the purpose of the authentication then is to make sure it really is you when you're um, performing these requests. Um, and we also we talk about this in the introduction. I, I kind of motivate that in 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 the um, terms of the stride kind of threat modeling technique. So stride um, is this well, well-known well framework for kind of identifying threats to your API. So you've got this, um, it's a kind of acronym for spoofing, tampering, um, 
repudiation, which is kind of denying you did something. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, information disclosure, denial of service and elevation of, of privilege. So, you know, these are kind of things that could go wrong with your API. And then and then we talk about how each of the individual kind of security controls you add um, uh, eliminates those kind of um, threats. So in this case, authentication uh, reduces the threat of spoofing. Um, yeah, so that's the kind of, um, yeah, okay. where it's motivated. Let me ask you just a couple more questions here. Um, somebody's um, involved with the project, uh, some type of web service, web application, and they they don't have they've never written a book on API security. Um, they're they're you know they're I would just say kind of entry level, but they but all of a sudden it's been put on their plate. Um, hey, you know what? We want you to kind of map this out. Um, what advice would you give besides reading your book? What else would you tell them? <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I think that. Um, stride is kind of the really the the important thing there that that kind of threat modeling so the first thing is to kind of just get really clear in your head what it is what it is that needs protecting and what exactly you're you're worried about um i think once you get those things clear then a lot of the rest of it kind of um is a case of reading the right book and knowing knowing what to look for um but kind of really just yeah so many people you know that that is the the point where the kind of clarity comes and they and they start being more focused on what it is they're solving is mm. it's kind of just knowing what for you what are the risks what are you worried about um, and then and then from there then it becomes easy to then see okay right I'm worried about people pretending to be other people you know and spoofing um, so therefore I'm going to need some kind of authentication and then I can go and look up and work out what authentication I need. And, and so on. I think that's the, the the place to start. Okay. So uh, yeah, I guess it goes back to even earlier on in the conversation, understanding what your assets are, your security goals, the threat models. Once you have that, then you can figure out okay which API, and then you can dig down in that API and figure out the best way to deploy it. Um, what where is API technology um, and uh, deployments, and uh, where is it going? What, what do you see down, you know, is, is, is it stagnant or is it c- continually developing? And what's the pace of development if it is? Um, I think at the moment it's still still developing. I think um, we've seen a kind of huge shift, I guess, from, um, you know, when I, when I first started doing this, you know, APIs, remotely access APIs, they were sitting on a server in a nice secure data center Um and you and you only had to worry about the clients really who that were that were kind of out and about, uh, and even the clients often were you know a, a business PC on a desk in a in an office, mm. right? And that, and now we've kind of moved to first kind of mobile and kind of bring your own device and kind of less secure clients, and now we're moving now with the IoT where the APIs themselves are often sitting on either gateways or devices themselves that are out in the field somewhere. You know, if you think about industrial IoT, they might literally be out in a field somewhere with nobody around. Mm. Um, and so they're kind of, it's, it's this evolution, I guess, from from the physical security being able to be sort of taken for granted for these things to suddenly that being no longer something you can take for granted. And so the the, 
the threat environment that everything's running in is becoming much more uh, scary, really, and uh, and you have to think a lot lot harder about um, things that we we perhaps uh, ignored before, like um, you know um, you know the physical uh, vulnerability of the device or or the ability of somebody to extract information off it because they're standing right next to it and nobody else is anywhere around. Um, so, so that's kind of interesting for me. I think that, that kind of evolution. Well, when you when you mentioned the threat environment, I, I I see it from two sides. And correct me if I'm wrong, or um, the just the the explosion in terms of the number of uh, and types of applications and devices being used. I mean, you mentioned IoT, um, and so that's an incredible mm-hmm. challenge to secure all of them in the most appropriate way, and and at the same time optimize them for performance. But then also, I would I would imagine that the sophistication of the quote unquote bad actors um, is, in, 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 you know, in, increasing, um, and so they're becoming more aware of some some opportunities. Is is that is that what you see? And um, yeah, let's go from there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean, both of those things are, are really um, important. So yeah, the the, the scale of 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 things as well and the, the the sheer number of uh devices and people and so on involved um is, re- is really changing rapidly yeah and then um yeah the sophistication of attackers is also um um uh, ramping up quite a lot as well now and I, I think especially because um as as the kind of scale of of the number of users you're likely to have for an api or or the number of devices when we talk about the AP, um iot is is growing so big that's pushing people to look at more kind of complicated and sophisticated uh technologies um in particular a lot of use of cryptography and things like that whereas they would have pushed everything down to a database before perhaps and now they're they're looking at encryption and signing and things um and so that kind of increases the risk that things can go wrong and provide kind of, um, you know, weaknesses for somebody to then exploit. So the, the, the security itself then becomes a risk because it's, um, it's, it's getting too more complicated. It's kind of like, um, and this is my turn at an analogy here is, uh, when Nick Gleason, I don't know if you remember him, he got to, he's the, the trader who brought down bearings, he was mm-hmm. trading well he was trading these incredibly complicated derivatives that nobody understood but he was making money and everybody's like yeah well let him go he's making money and and then he got into big trouble and nobody could figure out what was going on because the derivatives were so complicated similar i guess to what happened in the uh, the the financial crisis in 2008 with the uh, the uh, the mortgage backed securities that were being traded here and people just didn't really understand them and i i think you know at some point Technology gets to be that point to that level as well, where people are like, "Okay, we, we we get it conceptually, but we're kind of pushing the boundaries here. What's been done before? Is there an exploit? You know, is is there is there an issue with this? And sometimes it's too late. Mm-hmm. And you find out too late. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. What um, as it let's let's just switch seats for a second here and, and say that you know, not as a developer, but as an end u- or as a as an engineer, but as an end user. What makes you nervous when you're coming across an application? What you know raises a flag to you and say, you know what, I'm not sure if I want to if I want to use this app or put my info in here. <laughs> yeah, I guess there's there's always a few things you know. Um, I, I guess w- one of the red flags for me is 
always like overly pa- complicated password policies when you go. <laughs> That's just annoying, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm with you on that. Yes, it, it must yeah. be seven to nine letters, one capital, one you know, one lowercase, one number, one symbol. Cannot have been a derivative of any of the last five passwords. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, those kind of things because you know, this it's kind of like yeah. What what's driving that? You know, it's because uh, that's that's kind of been discouraged for a long time now. That kind of it's a textbook. Um, somebody yeah. somebody read it on their book. You know, some standard. I, you would know which standards, but it was there at one point. Here's good password po- policy is this right? And well, that's what we got to do. We just annoy everybody and not make it any more secure. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So so what else? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess I guess more more modern things are like. Um, so, so in the API world now, like um, if you were writing like a mobile app or something, you, you'd probably use OAuth to to implement the kind of the login and and the um, the security where where you'd expect that the the app would launch like a web browser for you to go and log in, uh, and then you'd come back. So, so one of my kind of red flags is when when you open like an app, and it just presents you with this username and password box like right right in the app then. Because then I'm always like, okay, so have they implemented like the SSL right at the back of this? What, what are they doing with my password and stuff like that? So th- those kind of things are the are kind of modern thing, I guess. Which um, can, as, know, an, always, as an as an as an end user, what's the best way to check on that? Or is there is it? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, if you're not in a web browser, and if ideally, you know, on your on your on your phone, you know, the most secure thing is that you should be in the system web browser whenever you're typing in a. A username and password because you know you know google and apple and and uh, mozilla and stuff they they kind of get the security stuff right right um and there's, there's, a, there's a lot of kind of um you know there's a lot of details that have to be get right for your login to be secure um and so if you're just typing it into some random app um off the off the app store and you're you're not in a browser it's kind of like hmm yeah, did they get all those things right? right. Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, yeah, so that's one of, one of the one of the reasons why OAuth is kind of, I think, become become so popular in kind of um, in t- in terms of security because it means you can kind of bounce out of your app, go to the web browser, they do all the login in there, and then they come back to your app with a kind of token that you can then then use, and it, and it's kind of like the web browser and the server take care of all the the difficult stuff around the authentication there. Yeah. So, um, I mean, we're, 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 as I mentioned, we usually go about 30, 40 minutes here. We're coming up on on time here. Um, I Mm -hmm. do want to give a little plug for your book in a second here, but before that, any, um, any last thoughts that you'd like to share, uh, you know, either regarding your book or just API security in general or, or just about the weather in the place you live in that's near Wales. I have never been to. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty grey here I think, yeah. <laughs> um, at the moment. Um, yeah, I think um, so. Yeah, I mean, it, it is quite a long book. It, it didn't. I didn't start off with it being. Uh, so you're definitely getting your money's worth when you when you buy it. Um, but. Um, I, th- I think I think part of the reason for that is, as I say in in the introduction, is that I think in a lot of this API security, it's really like details matter. Mm-hmm. So you can't. Um, I think a lot a lot of people kind of pitch. You know, you plug in these devices onto your network. You know, you put your your 
web application firewall here, you know, you have your load balancer here and here's your authentication server and stuff like that. I mean, you just kind of plug them all together and it's, and, it's, and I think the, um, my kind of philosophy is that you really kind of have to understand all, all the details and nuts and bolts of things. And so um, um, that's, that's kind of hopefully what I kind of get across in the book is that so you go you go through the book and you'll you'll learn how to plug all those things together, but you also learn why you're plugging them together that way, um, and hopefully that's um, that's the important message to get across. That's excellent. Yeah, not just how but why. Um, Neil, mm-hmm. hey, I really enjoyed talking to you. Uh, like I said, we could probably go on for hours if we went through uh, you know chapter by chapter on your book. I was actually really impressed because I was like, okay, uh, you know, normally it, this could be you know maybe maybe six or seven chapters, but you had chapters and subchapters and and I, it, a lot of different rabbit holes that you could go down, which is excellent, and I'm sure mm-hmm. uh, makes your book incredibly valuable. Um, I will mention that the book is available through Manning Publications. Uh, in the description for this podcast and for the video, there will be some coupon codes for discounts on the on the ebook. And do you have? You mentioned that you do some YouTube videos. Um, you have a blog. What What are your social channels that, um, if somebody wanted to get more information or get in touch with you, what would be the best way? Yeah, so I, I have a blog which is just um, neilmadden.blog. Um, easy enough to find. Yeah. Um, I'm also on Twitter, um, where I'm probably a bit more active. Where I'm, I'm Neil Mad Dog. <laughs> I like that man. <laughs> I, I went through a lot of variations of Neil Madden before I found a username. I was quite late to Twitter, so. Uh... <laughs> Mad Dog is it two D's? M A D D O G. Yeah, yeah. Okay, awesome. I love that. That's great. Yeah. Uh, so those are the main ones. I've been I've been promising myself I'll do some YouTube videos at some time, but I, I haven't had the time yet. And maybe when we come out of lockdown, I'll start doing some more YouTube videos. But yeah, yeah Twitter and blog at the moment. Okay, excellent. Well, I'm going to put those in the uh, the description as well. And uh, hey, really enjoy talking with you, and uh, appreciate your time. And maybe you know sometime. Uh, the spring, when the sun comes out, we can uh, we can talk about uh, some of the other chapters in the book that we didn't touch on today. Excellent. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. Hello. Welcome to Secure Talk, your trusted source of information on the latest threats, trends, tools, and technology related to cybersecurity and compliance. Join our hosts as they discuss a wide range of topics and speak with leading cybersecurity, technology, and compliance experts. Now is the time for Secure Talk.